Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome. Welcome everyone to episode 75. Is this Finding True Wealth or is this... Retire with confidence. It's the Retire with, with Confidence Nick and podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think First so. One. Yeah, it's exciting. Cool. Okay, so today we are talking about the Secure Act, other otherwise known as the <laughs> Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you had to read that. That doesn't roll off the tip of your tongue. No, no. And I, I have some concerns about what it's enhancing as well. <laughs> right. So what, what jumped out at you, Jim, on the SECURE Act? Uh, one of the biggest things that jumped off uh, the page right away for me was the RMD age. Got pushed back. It was always 70 and a half. Uh, people knew they had to take their required minimum distributions out of their IRAs, uh, and they pushed that back to 72. So yeah. it's good the, for a couple reasons. The 70 and a half, always, I always felt shortchanged. Yeah. Because my birthday is June twenty second. Oh yeah. If I would have just been July first, it could have pushed me into <laughs> yeah, another year. Yeah, all another year. Yeah. yeah. You really did get robbed. But but with the Secure Act now, I'm liberated right by <laughs> by two more years. Right. Where I can delay my required minimum distribution. Right. So that that can be advantageous for some. Some people need the the RMDs to live on. But a lot of times we talk to people who've built up enough enough of a nest egg and have other things going where. They really don't want the RMDs, but they have to take them. Yeah. So this yeah. allows them to, to push that date back a little bit more. And yep. And we'll come back to that point as well. Yeah. But the, the the huge disappointment was, for me, besides, well, we'll come back to other disappointments, but uh, <clears throat> the fun disappointment, right? Making a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. I, we got rid of the 70 and a half, mm-hmm. but they kept the 59 and a half. Yeah. And why couldn't they fix that too? <laughs> right? I'd be willing to go to 60. Yeah. But maybe yeah. 59, you know, 59. <laughs> right. Just one way or the other. But now we still have this and a half. Yeah. And I, I wish it were gone because I have a hard time with it. Right. Yeah, that's a valid point. Yeah. Um, okay, so you talked about the you know, required minimum distribution age. Yeah, and the other thing that is kind of unique about that, for some people we talk a lot about um, a Roth conversion window where it makes a lot of sense yeah. to convert some of that pre-tax money, the IRA money, into Roth IRA money so that we can make it tax-free forever. So if one of the opportunities there is that gives us a couple extra year and a half to uh, two to years, extend that Two window. years, technically. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So if you are in a position where you can convert, um, there's this red, like this kind of sweet spot, like yeah. this retirement window, right. or Roth window, I like to say, or red zone or whatever, mm-hmm. where you can, if you have Social Security maybe a small pension, maybe you're living on your joint brokerage account where you're not showing the IRS very much income, Right. you can convert that big IRA into Roth and pay sometimes little or, or no or no tax. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. And this it, before it was kind of stopped at 70 and a half because mm-hmm. you had to take money out. Right. But now at 70 and 71, those are still options. Yeah. So I like that a lot. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. So it gives you the, a little more time to, to take advantage of that window. So those are both two good things, right? The mm-hmm. 70 and a half goes to 72, allows for d- deferment, allows for Roth conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get the 59 and a half fix, but so, so that's bad. But what's the other 
you know, what's the offsetting part of the good <clears throat> RMD change? Yeah, the the probably the biggest change of the whole thing was the way that inherited IRAs are going to now be treated, or beneficiary IRAs. Yeah. Sometimes uh, people know them. So when an, when an IRA passes from one generation to the next, um, you used to be able to spread that uh, the withdrawals out over whoever is inheriting it their lifetime. So if you were young, I mean, you could spread it out over you know, 20, 30, 40 years or more, right? And there's time, we have even cases where it'll pass to the next generation, right? So technically grandkids are now stretching this IRA out. So the SECURE Act uh, had had written the language in there that now requires that um, IRA to be completely withdrawn within the 10-year period. Mm -hmm. So you now only have 10 years to stretch it. It doesn't mean you have to take it all out (laughs) equally in 10 years, but by the end of that 10-year period, there has to be no more money left in there. Okay, so when Bush signed a law in 2003, it was five years, and he changed it to lifetime stretch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it used to be five. Mm-hmm. So 10 is, is better than it was back in, in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still much worse than the lifetime. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like we got the short end of the stick, so that's, I don't feel like this is an enhancement. Right. I think that this 10-year payout... Mm-hmm is much worse than gaining two years on the RMD. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, because I think most people don't, maybe aren't even thinking about the true impact of it, right? And if you inherit, let's again make math simple, if you inherit an IRA worth a million dollars and you take $100,000 out each year so that that IRA is liquidated at the end of that 10-year it's, period. It's got to be gone in 10 years. You have to add that 100000 to your income. Mm-hmm. So now if you were making a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand a year, on top of that, now you have to add that that hundred thousand. So now you, you're in two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You just got bumped up a tax bracket. So yeah. now you're paying easily paying higher taxes. Yeah, every year for ten years. Yeah. So someone might say, "Well, I don't want to take it each year. I just want to take it out in the tenth year." Mm-hmm. Or maybe something else comes yep. up. Maybe some people are just saying, "Just cash me out." In which right. case, the million is all in one year. Right. Okay, and you're going to pay you know thirty seven point six or whatever right. it is plus state. So it's, they're going to hammer you. So you're really only walking away with 600 or 600 out yeah. of a million. And if you're in California, forget about it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. You should probably change residency before you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a planning tip. Um, or let's say I had the million and I'm invested for growth. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, with the rule of 72, maybe I earn 7.2% per year. Not mm-hmm. unreasonable. No. And so the million's worth 2 million. Mm-hmm. And I do it in the 10th year. Yeah. That's one way. It's true. So yeah, you're still further ahead, but yeah, there's definitely some some tax issues that people will will need to consider uh, if you have recently inherited an IRA. Yeah, I'd rather like if I inherited the money today, and let's say it was a million with the old rules, you could I, I would probably have to take out like fifteen thousand because I have a long life expectancy. Mm-hmm. My required minimum would be very low, right? Fifteen twenty thousand. It would still allow that million to be worth way more. Oh in yeah, the future. you could grow it. Yeah, because oh, yeah. the RMD, yeah, the percentage on it's going to be very low. Yeah, and you have a really good chance to make more on it. So in reality, these people are going to have to take the money out. Here's the deal: if, like if, with human behavior, right? Mm-hmm. If you take the money out each year for ten years, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be mixed up in your cash flow somehow. <laughs> I just right. can see this where yeah. after ten years, there's nothing left yeah. from it, and right? you've gotten used to a higher standard of living. Yeah, at time. the creep, <laughs> the creep, yeah. and then. So the creep has crept in, right? And now, and now the money's there's gone. nothing to show, <laughs> and now you have less income, yeah, and higher expenses. I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. 
So someone who's disciplined, right, they could do it. We could meet with the CPA and figure out the best tax situation, mm-hmm. whether it's each year or or all at the end. I don't know. But they, you know, they have to take it from the beneficiary IRA, the inherited IRA, and somehow be disciplined to keep yeah. it intact, right? Mm-hmm. So their legacy can live on. Right. So the parent's legacy can continue. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point. You'll have people will really need to to get in the habit of not looking at that as free money, right? But we gotta save it somewhere. We gotta we gotta try to take this as a, a real opportunity to to further and better our situation. So this is this is kind of problematic, right? And I think mm-hmm. that um like you mentioned earlier, some people they take the required minimum now because they have to mm-hmm. if they didn't have to they may maybe wouldn't do it right because they don't need the money right if you have you know if you, around here you have a lot of these guys who uh have strong social security for two people mm-hmm. they have two pensions still some good pensions yeah, yeah two pensions mm-hmm. right so you have these four income streams and they could be at like a hundred thousand before you get out of bed right right before you even log right. into your brokerage <clears throat> account right and then all of a sudden you have you have to take out like thirty seven thousand out of your IRA. Right. Well, they don't need that thirty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. So now they're wait, now they're looking at their IRA and saying, "Well, when I die, right, we all have mortality risk, right? When I pass away, my kid's gonna have to take this out in in those ten years. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, mm-hmm. um, and I don't need my required minimum." What if I took my required minimum or part of it and bought life insurance, which then would transfer to the kids tax-free? Tax-free, yeah. Right? You can buy a whole life policy that's guaranteed and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite type of life insurance, but everything has its need it's and, and it fits pretty benefit, well yeah. in something like this. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to replace some of that tax money we lost to taxes. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, something else to consider, both you and I, are, we both love Roth IRAs. So we don't need any more, you know, motivation to want to contribute to them. But um, this is another kind of drop yeah. in that bucket of why a Roth IRA could be really advantageous because it's after-tax money, it's tax-free money. Uh, so the RMD wouldn't apply. So yeah, there's no RMDs at all on, on Roth. It would be a much more efficient way to transfer that wealth. That's right. It makes it more appealing. Mm-hmm. So whether you're contributing to a Roth 401k, Roth IRA, or doing Roth conversions, mm-hmm. it. it Adds incentive. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I think it's worth mo- worth noting that whenever Congress messes with retirement, they've left the Roth alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're changing the RMD rules. They're changing um, beneficiary IRA. There's nothing like this with Roth. Mm-hmm. Right. They're yeah. not. They've never added anything that's worse right. with the Roth. Right. So that's yeah. worth noting like, yeah likely because of the way it's set up right it's you've already paid taxes on the money that goes into yeah. it so they've already received their tax revenue right yeah, I think right. the whole thinking behind what the SECURE Act did was unlocking that tax revenue from all that money that's sitting in these qualified accounts yeah what about college accounts yeah, that was kind of an interesting uh, thing to come out of the Secure Act. Was five twenty nines? A lot of times we use five twenty nines for college savings. Um, something that was added that was kind of unique was that they will allow you to use up to ten thousand dollars of a five twenty nine to pay down college debt, pay off student loans. So I think that was kind of a unique um, 
It makes sense. It, it just makes uh, 529s even more flexible, right? Yeah. We hear people a lot of the time say, well, what if my kid doesn't go to college, right? Yeah. Well, now, with just in the last few years, 529s, now you can use them for K-12 to education, yeah. right, up to 10000 a year. And now, on top of that, the SECURE Act has given us another 10000 that we can use towards uh, student loans. Yep, that's right. So that's a nice little treat. Uh, anything else that you want to comment or uh, uh, talk about? Yeah, the one other thing that jumped up uh, a little bit was the maximum contribution age on IRAs. Mm-hmm. Typically, that was uh, once you reach the RMD age, which used to be 70 and a half, people could no longer contribute to an IRA. Um, that has changed. They removed that limitation. So if you're still working, because you do still have to have earned income to contribute to an IRA, uh, but you do have the ability to to make those contributions beyond uh, 70, 70, even beyond 72, it's not yeah. attached to the new RMD age or anything. So you could keep contributing. Uh, so if you're still working, you'd have to take the money out of the IRA, but then you can put it right back in. Yeah. So that's yeah. Not, not a bad trick. Yeah. A little work around there. Right. Uh, let's see. I, I think I had something on the tip of my tongue with um, with the IRA. I, I lost it. Should have wrote it down. So <laughs> right. okay. So the bottom line is right. The Secure Act is live. It was mm-hmm. signed on December twentieth. So right. it is the law. Right. Uh, if you are seventy and a half this year, you're off the hook. You're not required to do it. Yeah. You can wait a couple more years. Um, but but if um, you were seventy and a half in calendar year two thousand nineteen. You still you're stuck with the old rules. Yeah. So if yep. you're born on June twenty second, yep. You and turn seventy last last year. Yep. That's it for you. Yep. <laughs> the same applies to uh, the Roth or the uh, the four hundred one k or the IRA contributions that I mentioned. How they remove that age limit. Um, if you were beyond seventy and a half in two thousand nineteen, you cannot make a two thousand nineteen contribution in two thousand twenty. Now you're getting into the it. weeds. Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody was really uh, hoping to make a contribution, we'd yeah. have to examine it a little bit to make sure it's still possible. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you, Jim, for the, the good points there. Uh, if you guys have any questions about the SECURE Act, uh, you can call us, and then we'll call the experts. Yeah. <laughs> Just sure. kidding. We, we are the experts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we're here for you. If you have a portfolio over 500000 and you'd like to have a second opinion done, Please allow us to, to, to be the people to give you that second opinion. Uh, anything else? Wrapping up here. Retire, uh, retire with confidence. Retire with confidence. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to our sponsors, yeah. right? Peak, Peak Wealth, Wealth Management. Management. Yeah. Retire with confidence. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.